I thought maybe your nickname was Sheldo. I was going to pull that off. Hey, uh, wow. Can, it is now. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> Mage Talk is brought to you by Mage Mail. Keep your customers coming back with customer lifecycle email for Magento. Visit them online today at magemail.co. MageTalk is brought to you by MageMojo, a Magento hosting company. We know that you have a lot of options out there when it comes to Magento hosting, but we want you to give MageMojo a try. Not only do they have the fastest SLA at 15-minute response time in the entire industry, but they will also pay to get you back on your old host if you don't like it. We want to give you this special offer, and you can get the code to get that special offer in the middle of the show. Thanks to MageMojo for their continued support of MageTalk. Mage Talk is brought to you by Commerce Hero. Finding a good Magento developer just got a whole lot easier. Visit them online at commercehero.io. Hello and welcome to Mage Talk, episode 118 of the Magento Community Podcast. I'll just do it live. We'll do it live! This is Philip. And I'm Kalen, and today we have with us a very special guest, Peter Sheldon, VP of Strategy at Magento Commerce, hailing out of uh, Vancouver. British Columbia. Hello, gentlemen. Longtime fan, first time caller. A pleasure to be on the show with you. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Very good to have you. And um, so, t- so uh, we'll just jump right in. Tell us a little bit about you know your you know I know you were previously at Forrester, Elastic Pass Software, and uh, done a, lo- a lot of interesting stuff. What um, tell us a little bit about your your background. Sure. So um, I, I've been in this sort of e-commerce game really since uh, uh, the start of my career coming out of uh, university many, many years ago. And um, just before the uh, the dot-com boom, I ended up uh, working at Ford um, and was was put on this uh, this project as a sort of graduate uh, working to sell cars online. This was back in sort of 99 before the dot-com boom. And uh, it was a pretty cool project. Um, oh, got wow. me hooked on, on just sort of how exciting e-commerce was as a space and, uh, um, you know, was, was ahead of its time in some ways. This was in, in the UK. I was working down in London and, um, you know, we were, we, were, we were effectively trying to sell new cars online. So I think, you know, to Today, that's a paradigm that works. Tesla's doing it, but um, you know, going back, you know, 17 years ago, it was uh, pretty, pretty, pretty ahead of its time. But so, so that kind of got me hooked. And um, yeah, that uh, would have been like the most difficult time to try to sell cars on, because like nobody was selling anything online, and like a car is like the hardest. But- so, so the interesting thing was, it, you know, it, it would actually work. Um, you know, so, you know, there was a, a decent flow of orders coming in, and, and what killed it wasn't the technology or the fact it was sort of too early. Uh, it was a channel conflict, you know, the, the, the dealerships really? kind of really, really didn't like it. So uh, oh, classic. Channel. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The car industry is one of those where you've got really kind of, kind of established relationships yeah. between the wholesalers right. and the dealers. Yeah. Wow. But it's, uh, it doesn't seem to be stopping anybody today. I, I saw recently that, uh, uh, both Range Rover and Jaguar, uh, both launched, uh, Magento sites, uh, in the last. I don't know. That's right. That's days. right. We've yeah, we've got Magento two sites running for Jaguar and uh, and Land Rover, and uh, I think a lot of that is sort of B two B, sort of automotive parts, as well as uh, you know some of the accessories and so forth. So I don't think they're actually selling the vehicles online. That seems to be uh, oh, you know, that, that seems to be primarily Tesla's game at the moment. But I, I think we'll see that that change. Uh, so anyway, that that's how I kind of started off in in, in e commerce, and, and as you said, spent a number of years in um, sort of product management, product marketing roles at Elastic Path, and actually got to know uh, uh, you know. 
know, Roy a little bit at that time because that was the same sort of uh, era as the uh, as, as, as the, the founding uh, years of of, of, of Magento, and, and we actually were fairly close connection with Roy back in back in the early days and uh, sort of nice. comparing no, comparing notes and so forth. Um, so so did a stint at Elastic Path, and uh, one of my one of my jobs at Elastic Path in, in a product marketing role was to get uh, uh, get on the the Forrester waves and the and the Gartner MQs, and and that led me uh, into the door uh, at Forrester, where I spent five years. So you know, and that, and that was, I think, a pretty pretty interesting time. I, I really. It's quite a sort of privileged role in a way, getting to um, work very closely with a lot of you know major online retailers and the the sort of senior leaders and executives of those firms. Understand really what they what they're looking for when they invest in in, in an e-commerce platform, and, and then obviously working very closely with uh, with all of the vendors in the space, and and that's sort of what really got me to uh, you know know the, the the what was I guess during that year was the the eBay and, and Magento teams and and. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that that sort of you know over I think the period of, of five years got to know the the, the team there very well and uh, ultimately. Um, just a, I guess a year and a bit ago resulted in a, a call from Mark Lavelle uh, wondering if I wanted to, to, to come and join Magento and, and that's that's really the story nice wow. by the way sorry to, sorry to jump around it do you know yeah. you must know Jason Billingsley I do indeed oh yeah I know, know him very well yep. oh nice yeah he's kind of given me some advice on a few things and, and, and he really really got I didn't realize you were had been in Elastic Path until just today I was looking at your LinkedIn <laughs> doing, doing a bit of research yeah, this, is, this really... is where Kaylin tells you about exciting investment opportunity that you have <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have a lot of extra money in a bank account yeah. that's offshore, and all we need is your <laughs> That's great. That's um, cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so the Forrester Wave, that is that like the Gartner Magic Quadrant? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, the, the sort of formal valuation of all, all the vendors in the space. So I had the, the privilege of uh, offering that uh, for, for sort of four or five years at Forrester. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty fun process getting to, uh, you know, see behind the curtains at all the vendors and, um, you know, getting the chance to see, see all the solutions. And, um, yeah, no, no, I mean, it's a great, great fun process. Great. I'm going to ask the, the dumb person questions because uh, I don't know too much about Forrester and, and a lot of the reports that they do. But what what uh, what what kind of stuff did you did you do there as far as evaluating companies and? Yeah, I mean, my so so my role was entirely based on you know the e-commerce platforms. So uh, in terms of the vendors that we used to put on the the e-commerce platform wave, it was obviously Magento and IBM and Oracle and Hybris and Demandware. And it tended to focus on sort of more of the the larger enterprise players. You got to remember that you know Forrester is a subscription service. They they sell um, research seats typically to sort of fairly senior leaders at, at leading companies. So right. you know it t- tends to a lot of the research is focused more on you know enterprise price grade software and uh, um, you know really Forrester exists in a way to make life easier I think for you know senior leaders that are you know select doing vendor selection processes and have you know multi-million dollar budgets and uh, you know the, the the wave process I think and you know really sort of helps helps those leaders you know sleep at night making sure that you know they're making the right decision. Oh, okay, nice. That's awesome. And then uh, when you got the car call from from Lavelle, what what was it about Magento that that you liked and it made you enjoy? Well, I, I mean, I'd always been you know you know fascinated by Magento. I think um, you know you know knowing you know and, and you know fact back in the early days and and the sort of you know following the the crazy tra- trajectory that Magento had been on. Um, you know, I, I I'd always you know I, th- I think you know from a Forrester perspective, been you know a little 
concerned around Magento's home inside of eBay and, and what that meant. And uh, you know, I think when you, you know I, I you know became aware that magento was spinning out of ebay you know that that really sort of you know lit the light bulb for me is you know wow this is this is gonna be a great thing for magento um and, and then when i got the call from mark wondering if i wanted to be part of that you know it was uh, it was perfect timing for me i'd been at forrester for five years um you know fantastic time fantastic experience but um you know it was becoming perhaps a little uh sort of academic and and you know having mm. the opportunity to be be part of uh you know magento and sort of the the next phase in magento's life uh, in this you know role as a uh, you know sort of leading strategy was uh you know was a great opportunity for me oh, that's great awesome. we um you know i i think uh i was in a a bar with uh with a bunch of people at during that uh, season when magento 2 uh was uh when when they were ramping up the dev on magento 2 and they were, were trying to get community feedback and so we were all together in austin and i remember when uh ebay enterprise actually placed on on uh on magic quadrant for the first time um, in for I forget what you would probably know what exactly they placed for, but it was a, it was a really big celebration. They were very excited about the the prospect of being seen as a serious contender in the marketplace. Um, yeah. And I think nobody really understands how much work goes into uh, to what it takes to prove your worth uh, to a company like Forrester or Gartner. Right? It, it takes a tremendous amount of work and transparency. Right. It, it does. And it's funny, you know, I'm, I'm now on the other side of the fence, uh, you know, both Forrester and Gartner are refreshing the, uh, the you know, those those uh, those research documents for 27 yeah. for, for, for this year for 2017. And uh, yeah, it's 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 a considerable amount of work. You know, we um, you know, we spend, you know, many, many hours and days with them doing, uh, you know, demos and strategy presentations. And then, uh, you know, it's it, it's a considerable investment um, making sure that, you know, we you know, present all of the facts to them and that they fully understand what today is, you know, fairly complex platforms. And so, and that's, a, that's, you know, probably your primary focus, right? And being as uh, from that industry and understanding your, your, uh, the role that, that that plays in uh, the competitive nature of what Magento can offer. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I've certainly been very actively involved in the, in the process. Yeah. Mm. Nice. And in, in terms of your role at Magento, what, uh, like what was that line from the office? What, what exactly? Is it? What is it you do here? <laughs> yeah. What 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 is what does the strategy guy do? That's right. <laughs> no, it's a it's it's a great question. I mean, I think um you know I have you know I certainly have my fingers in in many pies at the, you know within the Magento organization. So you know I think the the way to think about what I do is you know in some ways I'm sort of you know sitting up a. Above and, and making sure that you know across all of the different you know areas of the organization, all the different functions that we are you know all rowing in the same direction. That you know we don't have um, you know initiatives that are conflicting with other initiatives that are conflicting with you know the objectives of the community. Um, but but certainly mm. a lot a lot of focus on uh, you know certainly you know analyst relations obviously is is one area I'm heavily involved in. But but also more so I think sort of strategic partnerships. Um, you know. So some of the M&A work that we do, uh, th those are areas that I'm, you know, heavily involved in. I know, I know Kaylin's very excited to ask you a very specific question about the Oh, well, you just, you just mentioned M&A. Uh, me and, me and, uh, me and Phil had, had interviewed the Bluefoot guys and, and everything. And, uh, were you pretty involved in that process? Of I well, was indeed. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, it was funny, obviously, I, um, uh, you know, they, they, they were obviously sort of biting the tongue a little bit when talking to you. you know, yeah. That, and that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 
I, I had uh, I, I did twist their arm a bit. I said, "Why aren't you guys sponsoring on Mage Talk?" Well, we don't want to be too successful. It's <laughs> so, like, oh, okay. <laughs> our, our bank account is way too big right now. No, that's that's cool. Uh, I, I, think, I, I, I think you know that that was you know very sort of exciting um, you know acquisition for Magento. It's it, it's it's I think that's what makes Magento as an ecosystem so unique and differentiated is the fact that you know we have this massive ecosystem. We'll talk about this in a minute yeah. about this, the white paper but you know the, the innovation the ecosystem churns out is 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 just yeah it's exceptional but also it gives us as the uh, corporate sort of entity of magento this great opportunity to buy innovation which which any company can do but we can buy innovation that was built you know exclusively for us on our platform on our architecture using our technology and, and that's unique uh, you know there's no other competitor has that ability so uh it's 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 great for us i think it's great for the platform that you know we we have that opportunity to buy um you know great sort of you know leading disruptive innovations like bluefoot totally yeah. totally well bluefoot's great and all and, and i love bluefoot and it gets a lot of love because i think it's one of those things that it, it enriches a lot of people's lives and specifically the merchant who wants to uh be able to handle a lot of uh, uh, that that visual component in themselves, but if I have to put if I have to put a, a I could gray, tell there was a butt coming. There is a butt. So <laughs> there's always a butt with me. I have a very large butt. Um, <laughs> the, the 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 most exciting acquisition, and I didn't give it enough love, but the excite most exciting acquisition in the last year is the RJ Metrics acquisition because. If you see what Magento Business Intelligence is capable of doing, which it's that's what it's called now, um, if you see what that's capable of doing, I think it provides as much, if not more, uh, uh, business value to a merchant uh, as as something like a Bluefoot, which would make my life nicer. But the business insight and the and the ability to have that the sort of data and uh, and business intelligence tools that you get uh, through that acquisition, it's, it's a big uh, deal. It's hard to put a price tag on that. It is. It is. No, I mean that, that's that's been a fantastic, uh, you know, acquisition. You know, Bob Moore, who's the you know the uh, the CEO and founder there, he's a, a very very smart individual, and and I think you know beyond just you know what we get as the, the platform today, I think it's a lot of the sort of future um, sort of vision and innovation that we'll get from from that or, that part of the the Magento organization. Uh, you know, a lot of the the things that are going to drive forward, you know, in the next few years, you know, AI, machine learning, um, predictive analytics, you know, those are things that we're going to be you know looking to, to, to incorporate into the core of Magento, you know, where there are certain things where we take the, the, heavy, uh, the heavy load off of the merchandiser and there's sort of aspects of sort of the day-to-day operations of an e-commerce site that can be, you know, automated and driven by machine learning. And, and a lot of those capabilities will come from, um, you know, the Magento, um, you, know, uh, you know, the MBI, um, you know, product and, and, and the team over there. I thought it was called Magento Analytics. Was that? It was. Uh, yes, we, we we did a recent rebranding from Magento Analytics to Magento Business Intelligence, and I think it was really sort of a um, a little bit of an internal realization that really it is a, a BI platform rather than an analytics platform. Oh, it's cool. not it's not competing in the market with with GA or other analytics solutions. It sort of complements them. It's much more of a holistic, um, you know, BI platform that lets you do sort of deep, you know, cohort analysis and uh, you know integrate with all your other backend systems. I think that's what's really cool about MBI is you can um, you know you can integrate it into uh, your your finance systems and your ERP as well as obviously into Magento. 
Yeah, yeah my my first uh, blush when when you say Magento Analytics, it really dumbed down the the value of what it was. Uh, and, and no offense to anybody that, that made that decision, I I think it 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 has a very analytical component to it in displaying you know web metrics. But the you know things like customer lifetime value tracking, that sort of thing, is uh, much more on the business intelligence side. So I think it's is a good pivot. And then were you also involved in that that whole process of that acquisition as well? I, I was as well, yeah. yeah there's, you know, within the sort of the whole strategy and growth team, there's, there's, there's a whole set of us who uh, you know been focused on these things. You're like there's the, a whole team, Kaylin. It's not just Peter. I know it's not just Kate. <laughs> I, I think he's the main man. I, I'm getting yeah. the distinct impression. I, I, mean, I mean Sheldo. I meant to call him Sheldo. <laughs> just have it. His, we, well, we can't, we can't, we can't disclose the Skype handle, but that may, may have, may have <laughs> come from the Skype but, but you just did. <laughs> um, what about this Adobe thing? I, I don't totally understand the Adobe thing. I think a lot of people don't. The Adobe partnership on the content side of things. What's what's yeah. the deal with that? Yeah, that's that's pretty easy to explain. So, so it's not just Adobe. There's there's two st- new strategic partnerships that we have. One with Adobe and and the other with, with Acquia and Acquia. For you know, I think it's for those you know who don't know, you know, Acquia is really the commercial arm of um, of Drupal. So, you know, a lot of mm. sort of lar- larger enterprise organizations, government orgs, etc., who use Drupal um, actually engage with Acquia to to sort of provide all of the hosting and 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 support and services around you know managing a large complex Drupal installation. Mm-hmm. So, so how the, why this all came around is, you know, I think as Magento, um, you know, we, we, as, you know, you guys have discussed many times on the podcast, you know, it's a very diverse market for Magento from sort of the small, um, you know, smaller merchants right up to, to large, you right. know, global global conglomerates. But I think when you look at the, the higher end of the food chain, the, the larger kind of conglomerates, they have pretty demanding requirements specifically around CMS. So you look at something like a Bluefoot, um, which really changes the game for Magento. It's still not enough for a big, you know, corporate, um, you know, entity, you know, yeah. they're, they're for you know complex workflow approvals they're looking for really rich sort of personalization capabilities that they can sort of integrate into all their existing systems and give very personalized experiences they certainly want the sort of WYSIWYG drag and drop like giving 100% control to the the, the marketer merchandiser to build landing pages and campaigns and so mm-hmm. forth mm-hmm. so so you know, there's a whole sort of another tier level of sort of governance that goes around maintaining, I think, you know, a very complex corporate, you know, website that, that you know, has e-commerce as part of it. And so certainly with what I saw sort of larger accounts and deals, we see, you know, a lot of demand for using Magento in, in this what we, the, the, the industry is calling a headless state where, you know, Magento sits mm. there as a, as a sort of service layer. We can call it sometimes, I think, you know, commerce as a service. Um, and, you know, the nice thing with Magento too, with, with you know, the so far improved, you know, REST-based services that we can actually do this now. I think in the Magento 1 world, it was very hard to do. With Magento 2, um, you, you know, Magento can sit in a headless service where it's not in a headless state. We're not serving any HTML. We're just exposing all of the, the product catalog and the offers and the promotions and the checkout process through through REST calls and let a sort of enterprise CMS engine like Acquia or, or Adobe um, actually power the the HTML of the site. So 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 that that's the you know the premise behind it. And um, you know certainly I, I think we're seeing a lot of joint success with both of those partners right out of the gate in, in terms of um, you know our ability to compete in larger enterprise deals against some of our sort of you know bigger top four competitors that mm-hmm. maybe without these partnerships you know we wouldn't we wouldn't have been there we wouldn't have been invited to the table mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and so in terms of the relationship like with adobe um is it uh it's a partnership so like is there 
Like what? Like what exactly? Like it's what exactly is the nature? It's not and an don't don't go obviously. easy on Peter. We got to ask him all the hard <laughs> questions. My lord. <laughs> no, it's a no. You you hit the nail on the head. It's a, it, it, it's a strategic partnership. Um, you know, there's there's an opportunity for um, you know, us to to bring them into Magento opportunities where you know perhaps we would struggle to close the deal. Um, sort of with our native CMS capabilities and by bringing um, you know, Adobe in, we have a better shot at the deal and and, and vice versa. Um, you know. There's, you know, they. I think both Acquia and Adobe are in a situation where they don't have a, uh, an in-house native e-commerce capability, um, and so they are dependent on partners like Magento when. And they need to, you know, check the e-commerce checkboxes on an RFP. So, um, right. you know, I think it, 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 in both of these, it's very sort of mutual benefit. Um, you know, we we bring them into deals, they bring us into deals. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. That's it. That's really interesting. Uh, and by the way, I know where we we wanted to get into the IDC study, which we are, but it just says so many. So you're such a wealth of knowledge that I find myself wanting <laughs> to go. He's into he's taking every questions. opportunity that he has had for the last year to to. <laughs> hammer somebody at magento i feel like this is uh we've we've led you into a trap and we're gonna get in trouble that's, all, that's okay that's okay <laughs> the uh peter's far far too smart to be led into a trap by by us um have you, have, have you in terms of the api uh kind of api first e-commerce there's this um i think it's a really small startup or something called molten that i noticed recently i i think it's kind of a really small uh, uh player startup but i was curious if you'd seen that they seem to be doing yeah. the yeah, I heard of them. I mean, to be honest, there's actually about half a dozen of these, what I would call small commerce as a service players, where yeah. they are purely providing sort of a rest-based set of, you know, microservices. Yeah. And and I think, you know, there's certainly some within the industry that, you know, kind of are very big on microservices. The fact that, you know, you can consume a discrete service like a tax service or just a, a pricing service. And, and I think, you know, Magento is not quite there yet. I wouldn't say that we have a, a sort of pure microservices architecture, but, but certainly the ability for for us to um, operate in a completely headless manner. And it's not just, you know, for integrating with a CMS. If you're building a native, you know, iOS app or you want to integrate, you know, for a social platform, there's many, many scenarios sort of, you know, what we call, you know, multi-channel, omni-channel scenarios today where, um, you know, there is another platform that's delivering the the end experience that the, that the shopper consumer interacts with. And Magento is just providing a set of services around pricing and offers and promotions and catalog. And, and so I think we'll see more and more um scenarios where Magento is installed uh, as a, a service layer. Um, and that's fine. I think, you know, there's, you know, the, it's not going to be, you know, there, there's still, you know, the vast majority of our deals and projects will be, you know, where Magento is delivering the experience as well. But I think, you know, we can play on both sides of the fence. Yeah. Awesome. And I, I think that's what made uh, some of those interesting proof of concepts available uh, and so so easily uh, uh, demoed was, you know, like the Alexa integration uh, in Magento. I've, I've, that was the first thing I did when I pulled my Echo out of the box, and I know uh, Alan Kent's done a lot of writing about that. I, I think Magento is capable now. I, I don't know if it was always fully capable, but uh, this is an interesting place to, to be able to play. And but there's room in the market, right? Right, Peter. There's room in the market for for everybody. There's there's always a, a particular segment of the market that's going to you know either have a niche or have a specialty that's uh, uh, that Magento may not be able to service uh, as well and, as and, someone and, else, right? 
and, and and I think historically there's maybe you know people folk within the ecosystem that you know looked at this somewhat negatively and said, well, hey, if you're if you're taking a head away from Magento and Magento isn't rendering the experience, yeah. then then you know are you devaluing Magento? And I think that you know that that for me it, you know isn't a valid argument. I think you know um, it's just the realities of the the complexity of of the environment that we live in today and the fact that Magento can still deliver a huge amount of value being in a headless state. I, I think is just credit to you know the flexibility and agility of the platform. Totally, totally. So, so, ju- so, jumping into the IDC study a little bit. This is a study that um, uh, we're we're gonna. You guys are gonna release uh, in kind of in full uh, a little bit down the road, but we'll we'll dip into a few things. But this is a study that you guys had done, kind of on the whole uh, Magento ecosystem uh, and and economy. And um, we'll we'll jump into a little bit. But could you tell us a little bit about that study? Yeah, absolutely. I think it came out of a little bit of sort of internal frustration that, um, you know, coming out of eBay, that Magento, you know, historically hasn't, you know, fully um, understood the, the scale and size of, of the ecosystem. And, and, and uh, you know, we wanted to sort of formalize a little bit, you know, in part, maybe so we can sort of, um, you know, stroke our own ego. But I think it's very important for, you know, all of our, you know, SIs and, and solution partners to sort of understand just how, you know, how, how massive the ecosystem is. And so we've always done sort of back, back of the napkin sort of estimates. You know, we used to get, you know, you know, we've gotten, you know, data from some of our payment partners like PayPal and others in the past that, you know, allowed us to sort of guess as to, you know, some of the size of the ecosystem. But we wanted to formalize this. I mean, we're not, we're not a SaaS vendor like some of our partners. We can't just, you know, go into our, you know, our database and have all the answers. You know, the vast majority of, of Magento, uh, you know, user base is on premise, and we don't have access today to right. to a lot of the data we would love to have access to. And that's where, you know, platforms like MBI will, will help with that in the future. But uh, we wanted to yeah. do a formal study, and and I think, you know. What, the reason we brought IDC in is I think it brings a lot more credibility when you have a, an external party do this type of study for you and, you know, bring proper research methodologies to bear versus, hey, you know, Magento's just making all these claims, you know, from some kind of internal Magento survey. says they do $5 trillion exactly. of business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly the kind of problem we've had in the past is, you know, sort of claims that, you know, look good on paper, but, um, you know, didn't didn't hold up to the metal. Nice. Oh, interesting. That's a... Uh... Uh, I've I've been trying to find a country with a GDP smaller than Magento's uh, own opportunity. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm you know you're you're almost the size of like Malia. Or, uh, we are, or, we are. Yeah. We, we, you know, we should we should actually name a country after Magento. We maybe we should buy an island or something. <laughs> but I recommend Mallorca. I know there is a developer paradise out there. When you're... That's really cool. That's- and uh, and so then uh, so what were um, what were some of the highlights of the uh, of the study? Yeah, I, I think a couple of things. You know, we we'd always in the past known that um, you know the the Magento merchant base processed more than fifty mil, fifty billion of of GMV a year. We we never really were able to pinpoint just how much higher it was. I think we always knew it was higher, mm-hmm. uh, and, and what's come out of the study is that you know today at the end of twenty sixteen it's actually you know hundred billion and it's growing very very rapidly. Um, it, it's growing because Magento is growing, um, but it's also growing because our merchants are growing. Uh, you know the, the amazing thing about the space that we're in is we're still seeing you know, very healthy double-digit year-over-year growth across most of our merchants. And, and a lot of our mm. merchants are, are growing at 20%, 30% a year. So, you know, that $100 billion, um, you know, number is, is going to, I think, I forget from the study, but it's going to grow to, you know, 200 and, and something by the end of the decade. So, you know, that, that I think was was huge for us to understand that. Um, and then I, I think the other piece was sort of the, the ecosystem, um, 
you know, we we as Magento are just a small sort of sliver of the pie. If you think about the the revenues that are earned by the ecosystem, that's all the system integrators, the technology partners, the hosting providers, all of these firms. And then we identified that there's about 3,900 of them who, you know, have a significant revenue stream supporting uh, Magento merchants in, in whatever manner that is. And, and we, you know, calculated as part of the study that, uh, you know, that there's a, a $4.2 billion um, revenue number number from that the ecosystem generates, uh, you know, annually. And that's just a staggering number that, you know, you know, Magento is this, uh, you know, open source project, you know, contributes um, to a, a, you know, $4.2 billion, you know, sort of economic activity around the globe. MageTalk is brought to you by MageMail. MageMail is the triggered email app for Magento. Triggered email can increase your revenue from 8 to even 12%. MageMail is easy and risk-free to try out, and it comes with a free concierge onboarding service. So all you have to do is sit back and watch the orders start to roll in. You can start your risk-free trial today at magemail.co. MageTalk is brought to you by MageMojo, a 360-degree customer support Magento hosting company. 360 degree customer support means every facet of your store is under support when you're at MageMojo. That's everything from the performance of your store to code level support in the Magento core and even patches will be applied by MageMojo on your behalf without your having to worry about a single thing. They have the fastest SLA in the entire Magento hosting realm and they'll even give you money to switch back to your old host if you don't like them. I want you to try them out today at magemojo.com. That's M-A-G-E-M-O-J-O.com slash magetalk for a special offer. Magetalk is brought to you by Commerce Hero. Have you ever had trouble finding a Magento developer, whether hiring in-house, looking for a freelancer, or trying to find an agency? We're solving exactly that problem by building a database of developers and agencies with rich profiles, including tags to indicate their specialties, projects they've worked on, endorsements from other developers, and ratings on work that's been completed. If you're interested in that, sign up for free at commercehero.io. incredible it's incredible wow. with open source the way that the, the the amount of economic activity can generate um on the uh, on the on the transaction volume uh did you, did you guys look at that and go man if we had, if we had a percentage of transactions <laughs> you know, some, you could, <laughs> some platform vendors <laughs> charge a percentage of the transaction yeah i mean i think yeah you know that that's where you know, you look at some of our competitors who, you know, try to do that, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Magento is successful because of the diversity of the ecosystem that right. we support. And, totally. and, you know, you guys, you guys know this, you know, we, you know, there's literally hundreds of different payment gateways and, uh, you know, payment methods, you know, that we support around the globe. And, and that's what makes Magento successful. Right, right. If, if Magento could set up a business where they take uh, 0.02 cents or they take the cents that are rounded off, like in Superman. That, like the, that would be a great the, business. The, 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 the rounding errors, yeah, yeah. The rounding errors. That that's that's a business model nobody's gotten into yet. Um, uh, from a percentage perspective, no, I I love how you like sort of on the sly slip that in there, Kaylin, because I think it's interesting. Um, uh, you know, some people would probably argue that Magento is charging a percentage of, of transactions on the enterprise side now. I, I see. It, I would characterize it differently, but Magento has its detractors like everybody else, right? Um, 
So it's interesting how, how their, their business model is scaling with the business. It's, you know, yeah. it's not a flat revenue company like that anymore. No. And and how did they um uh how did they arrive at that number? How did they Yeah, so 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 I think you know there's there, there's a whole methodology that we went through um you know you know with IDC here. So the um they, they did a a survey of uh, 322 Magento customers that was across both the the EE and and and, and CE base. Um and and we also um you, you know did a a, a survey or, or with over 50 of of the partners as well as sort of um to add sort of the uh, uh the qualitative um aspect to the the, the quantitative aspect also we you know, the IDC did sort of in in depth uh, interviews with some of the merchants and partners. Mm-hmm. So then they sort of you know correlate the the results of what was a fairly you know lengthy survey for both the partners and the merchants um, with a lot of their existing forecast data around how e-commerce is growing across all the different markets. And, and they have a lot you know as a an IT analyst firm you know they have a lot of data and existing research on you know spend on on different you know um, solution categories around sort of IT spend on on infrastructure on on on, on enterprise applications and so forth. So, you know, they bring all that sort of together um, and are able to, you know, come up with what was, you know, and I, and I got, you know, privy to see the process here, you know, pretty complex um, set of, you know, modeling spreadsheets that, you know, have many, many tabs and some pretty complicated formulas. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, for sure, there's there's assumptions that go into that. But, um, you know, I think, you know, we spend a lot of time with the IDC team sort of fine tuning those assumptions and, and making sure that we were coming up with, um, you know, an, an output that, you know, we believed in. Right, right. On on the on the CE side of things, if if you could if you could put it into like the layman's terms, how, like like how did you guys go go about figuring out how many CE sites are out there? Well, the, the the way that we do that is is actually that that's much more you know quantitative today. So you know there's I think what helps us hugely versus where we were in the past is that there's great tools like um, built with and data analyze that, that we use and you know we have relationships with those vendors as well as others right, and, and we right. we now we now feed all of that data into a centralized um, business intelligence platform we have a whole bi team internally here so we now actually have uh you know from an internal reporting perspective you know detailed dashboards you know we can see exactly how many ce merchants we have how many ee merchants what versions they're on you know rate of growth of different versions we can see my from you know from one to two, um, so so I think you know we're we're not quite out of the woods yet. There's more that we can do, but mm-hmm. you know in terms of the transparency we have on what the ecosystem is actually doing today versus where we were 12 months ago is is night and day. Right, right. What, what's the um, the number of of, uh, of CE sites that you guys go? I know I know I've seen the 250 thousand number at, at one point, and, and then the question is always like, well, how many of those are are you know doing you know actual business versus test sites and that kind of thing? Did you guys kind of arrive at a number of like active yeah. merchants? Yes. So, so I think you know active merchants is around 100k, um, and mm. then the active the active sites is is the sort of 250k number. And the reason for that is a lot of you know a lot of merchants have have multiple sites you know they have multiple right. brands multiple countries um and, and so you get to that sort of average of two and a half sites per per merchant um so yeah those those are sort of the accurate numbers and um uh you, you know we're seeing we're seeing sort of good 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 growth and adoption um uh, you know especially now i think you know the latter part of 2016 and, and, and into 2017 you know really fantastic growth on magento 2 now it's incredible. Do you feel like, you know, going through this, the, the process of putting this study together, and this is an independent third party, right, IDC, there, do, they, do you feel like that they taught you something about your business that you didn't know before? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of things that we perhaps had assumptions about that we now feel, you know, much better about it. You know, I'll give you an example is sort of, you know, the split between um, B2C and B2B. So, so you know, we track this at a, uh, you know, our sales org and our sales reps, you know, they, they flag when they're talking to opportunities. So anything that we're selling, you know, enterprise edition, you know, we, we try and track whoever we're selling it into a merchant that's going to be using it for B2B or B2C. Um, but, um, you know, across the whole ecosystem we really don't know you know we can unless we you know most of the, the, the fun or annoying thing about b2b sites is they're always hidden behind a login you know you you can't find them they, they don't get indexed by google you know it's uh it's really hard to know or, or right. see or they'll play with a b2b site mm, because you have to have right. you have to have it's locked behind the firewall you have to have a username and password and and and, and sometimes mm-hmm. they're behind, behind a vpn so i think what you know one really interesting thing for us you know was the study it you know it showed that um 62 of merchants use magento um, exclusively for B2C, um, 8% use it today exclusively for B2B, but 30% use it for both B2B and B2C. And I think this is fascinating for, for us and, and very insightful in terms of how we drive the roadmap that there are more and more merchants who, you know, want to do both B2B and B2C from a single platform. We see this all the time with retailers who are running their direct-to-consumer store in Magento, but but they've got, um, you know, the need to do sort of, you know, wholesale stores, employee stores, um, you know, be able to allow small independent, um, uh, you know, retailer, retail outlets to to do B2B orders and, and doing that from the same platform, um, you know, with a common UX and a common catalog and so forth is, you know, drives a lot of efficiency for these, mer- these merchants. So there really is a huge amount of demand for, um, you know, having a single platform like you know that can do b2b and b2c Mm -hmm. are there any b2b uh, merchants on like the smaller like i always think of b2b as if you're if you're a b2b commerce you're probably a decent sized organization doing decent sales volume um but are are there is i I believe that like the b2b component for magento is going to be enterprise only Are there b2b um, sites on the lower end of the market that are just starting out or is that pretty uncommon no, there, there are for sure. Um, you know, I think what what you got to remember about B two B is those different characteristics. So, you know, a B two B store typically has you know very high GMV values because they're they're selling either you know far more expensive um, you know mach- you know machinery components um, that typically have you know multi thousand dollar price tags, and in, and and in many cases there there's very sort of large orders. You know, they're bulk orders. They can be thirty, forty, fifty you know line items in a cart with multiple quantities on each line items. So it's very easy to see, you know, those average order values being much, much higher on B2B. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that the company is necessarily a large company. You know, I think some of these, you know, where we see a lot of uh, upside for Magento and B2B are with what I would call sort of mid-size, you know, B2B organizations that may be, you know, 100 headcount firms that, you know, are established, you know, manufacturer of, of components. And, um, you know, there's, there's a shift towards, you know, their distribution mechanisms being sort of face-to-face sales reps, you know, phone fax orders to uh, digitizing that experience, especially as it relates to, you know, um, replacement parts, spare parts, that type of thing. I mean, that is just ripe for digitization onto an e-commerce platform like Magento. Right, right. Um, man, I, I keep staring at that. I know I'm jumping around, but I keep staring at that $100 billion number uh, in, in, in terms of overall GMV. Um, what's, what's your takeaway from that? I mean, obviously it's, it's incredible number and there's so much growth. What's your, what's your takeaway for that for merchants or agencies, developers? 
I mean, I think, um, you know, there's, there's a couple of sort of takeaways. One, it is it is a massive number, um, but it's actually also um, a, a very, um, you know, small number. So, you know, um, if you look at the total global uh you know, online e-commerce is set to exceed 25 um, trillion this year. Now that includes right. sort of B2B and B2C. So it's it's a massive number. So yes, 100 billion is, 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 a, is, a, is a staggering number, but there's also a huge amount of upside for Magento. I mean, we're still just scratching the surface in terms of, you know, the potential install base and, and the potential growth. Wow, that's true. Hadn't thought about that. <laughs> um <laughs> And, and and so we touched a little bit on the on the on the four point two billion the, the the ecosystem, but that so that basically boils down to revenue for solution partners, uh, technology companies, uh, extension vendors, um, yep. that that whole that whole enchilada. It does. It does. Nice. Wow. That's. I, cool. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, Phil. No, I was saying I I, I think it's it's. It's interesting when you when you think about uh, all of the people that are involved in in uh, or in retail in general. Um, well, it, it's interesting. There's there's so many people from in in the whole process end to end. It does seem like you know a a, a platform like Magento enables a lot of people to have uh, uh, commerce opportunities, right? So we you know as as a company, something digital, we've grown up. Uh, alongside Magento and our business, our interactive business has grown tremendously with Magento. Uh, and, and so Magento is enabling us to be more successful. Uh, it's, it's sort of that thing where, uh, uh, you know, nobody can actually make a cup of coffee anymore. Like you can't make a cup of coffee cause there's, you know, uh, from scratch, you can't do it because you'd have to grow the coffee and then you'd have to dry the coffee and you have to grind the coffee and you have to m- make all the parts to the grinder and make the paper to make the cup that goes in it. There's a yeah. lot of people in, in every facet, you know, from 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 marketers to, uh, you know, to the people that are making the actual retail goods. Um, so Magento enabling that is a uh, hundred billion. Yeah, that seems like a very good place to start. It seems like the opportunity could be much greater. Yeah, I think I think the unique thing about Magento, and it's not just Magento. I think you know the other vendors in the the enterprise e-commerce platform space fall into this category. Is that we are really sort of the the main cog at the center of the of the center of the wheel. So you know we're not a peripheral. Um, sort of add-on solution. You know, we are the you know we're the foundations of a digital commerce strategy of a digital transformation strategy. So, you know, I think you know what's really great about Magento is that you know we're very much the the foundations of the house. And yes, there are you know dozens and dozens of other sort of SaaS-based um, value-add solutions that come from our tech partners. Um, you know, that they're, they're plugged into Magento, but but they're all sort of peripheral. And in some ways, those you know vendors, I think have a little bit of a harder time. It's a lot more competitive. They are typically easily replaced. So, you know, you can, you know, replace your ratings and reviews vendor or your personalization vendor very, very quickly. Uh, right. And so it's a very sort of cutthroat business. Um, the nice thing about being an e-com platform is that you are the foundations of the house. You know, once you're in there, it's, it's, a, it's you know, very, very, you know, open heart surgery. It's a big, complex, typically multi-year expensive um, operation to, to yeah. just rip and replace your e-com platform. So we're very, you know, we're very much at the center of the ecosystem. 
Right. I noticed one of the things I thought was really fascinating in the in the breakdown was they said that uh, thirty something like thirty like the the amount of revenue out of the four point two billion that goes to you know IT services, infrastructure, partner software, business services mm-hmm. is like thirty two x the amount that Magento themselves take in in license revenue. Yeah, we should up our prices, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask, so Magento... You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. So, so taking in you know, 3% of, of, of that, uh, I was going to... What, what is that? What's your takeaway from that? Is it is it that, that you should increase Can we just scoop... Or? I just got to ask, because like, that seems like a pretty... Uh, interesting number. Did we just scoop this this study? Should is that something we should be talking about in the study? No, I think that's fine. I mean, you know, okay. listen, you know, this, you know, Magento, um, you know, if we look at our, our revenues, which obviously primarily come from selling, you know, recurring subscriptions on Enterprise Edition, you know, sure. we we are we are a small part of the pie, and and what we enable is this massive ecosystem of, you know, um, you know, many hundreds of solution partners like something digital, and and, and then obviously all the tech partners, the, the infrastructure hosting partners, etc. Um, and and yes, I mean, I mean, you know, the the typical uh, you know, implementation phase of Magento can be anything from you know three to ten times the the you know the cost of licensing, um, and and that's just for the implementation services. You look at sort of the the all of the infrastructure costs and 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 then all of the spend. I mean, I think you know we we we're, we're very conscious that a, a typical merchant you know can use as many as you know twenty or thirty third party um, uh, you know uh, SaaS based solutions that plug into Magento. You you just need to look at your 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 tag manager to see you know all of the the things that are injecting code into the uh, you know into the the html as the page is rendering and, and and those come from all kinds of walks of life from marketing automation systems and personalization vendors and so forth and the you know the aggregate spend on all of these other third-party services can dwarf the uh, the licensing spend on magento right right yeah yeah and i agree with that that's my that's that's sort of been uh uh the 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 uh you look even at the marketplace. You're com- like you called it the big four, but you look at at the other uh, large players in the space, the e-commerce platform space, and they they are charging significantly more uh, and for a lot less, in my opinion. I think Magento is uh, famously uh, Karen Baker's words: uh, Magento was more feature rich in 2008 than most of them are today. Um, so, but of course, you don't just play only on feature. Um, I, I think that's uh, that's that's important too. That's that's an interesting perspective. And uh, on the uh, uh, the the licensing uh, fees, I'd, I'd be remiss not to ask <laughs> what you know. I've heard from a few people that have said, "Well, you know, the fees are going up, and and maybe we can't afford them, and this and that." But in the context of this, where you know you're capturing kind of three percent of the whole uh, of the whole uh, eco uh, ecosystem that you've created, um, what what are your what are your thoughts on kind of the light without getting into too much detail on licensing fees or anything like that? What are your thoughts on how that has gone with changing? the fee structure and rolling that out and how people are receiving that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you, you know, a year ago we went through a fairly major, you know, pricing change where we we moved from a you know per per server based pricing model to to what is today a, a GMV tier, you know, flat annual fee um, pricing model. And I think you know there are certainly some merchants that. Um, you know, change change is always uh, you know not you know not right. always not always good. But I think you know we've been very successful at you know migrating you know vast majority of the 
existing install base over to the new pricing model. Um, I, I think you know it's about two ends of the segment. At the at the lower end, you know, smaller merchants, you know, they are very price sensitive. Um, right. uh, you know, they 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 have you know sometimes mm-hmm. fin margins, they have cash flow um, issues. So you know, we have to be be conscious not to to overprice at the low end. I think you know you know consequently um, you know at the at the larger end, you know, compared to you know the big four software vendors that we compete with. Um, yeah, I mean, Magento is sometimes perceived as um, you know, incredible value for money, and 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 uh, you know, we we I think as we've matured our sales organization, and um, you know, matured, you know, not just I think we've also gone from being just a, a shopping cart platform to being a suite of solutions. You know, we have Magento Business Intelligence, we have the order management platform, um, you know, we have the you know core e-commerce, we have we have we can we we have the cloud offering. So we're now able to bring a sort of holistic suite, and and that certainly has a big impact on you know the um, you know the sort of the the, the size of the the, the 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 contracts that we can bring in the door. Right. right, and and I, I would also sort of challenge too. You know, most of the complaining that you hear uh, in in this ecosystem, and I, I can say this. You know, I'm saying this. Write your angry emails to me. But if if you are absolutely adversely and negatively impacted by a a change in the licensing fee um, uh, to this uh, to this degree after it having been stable for so very long, I, I would challenge you and ask you why your business hasn't grown to keep up and outpace it. Uh, surely after four or five years uh, being on enterprise, surely you should have grown to a place where uh, it, you, it's a much smaller percentage of the total pie than it used to be. It's a good um, point. You know, so I, yeah. I think th- those that are complaining, uh, and I've, I've heard some of those complaints in particular, they're in a lot of public forums. Uh, those that are complaining are, are uh, businesses that, uh, you know, I think they're having challenges, like Peter said, you know, trying to scale that business or they have cash flow issues and, and that's understandable, and, and and it's not a great position to be in. But um, it's a hard position to argue, you know, after uh, being held flat for so long. Uh, yeah. That's that's the magento apologist in me coming out, <laughs> um, beating the drum, beating that drum. Yeah, um, I gotta beat it, man. <laughs> another another uh, a bit piece that was really interesting was the number of uh, jobs that uh, that are created in the ecosystem. I think last episode, me and Phil were trying to fi- trying to figure out out of the total number of jobs, how many of those might be developer jobs. I don't know if you have that break- broken down, but uh, but but what what did the report have to say about kind of the total number of jobs that were created and that kind of thing? Yeah, so I think a couple, couple of um, uh, you, you know sort of interesting stats here. So if we look just um, you know across sort of the uh, the, the solution partners and, and you know these are the the SIs and agencies, you know eleven thousand full time you know developers employed by by solution partners. I mean that, that that's pretty unprecedented. I don't think any of our competitors have um, you know a solution partner network of that scale with the, so many developers globally distributed, which is one of our big sort of value prop advantages in the marketplace. The fact that, you know, especially larger global conglomerates can find the gentle skill set um, in all the markets that they operate in. And, and that's a huge, that's huge, huge, it's huge for them, you know, because they, they're using Magento as sort of a standardized corporate platform, but often individual markets are, you know, um, you know, want their own control and want to be able to find resources and developers in market. And, and that's something you can do with Magento. So, so I think that, that that's great. Um, you know, a lot of this comes from tracking, you know, our own forums, you know, our own community forums. There are over right. 200,000 registered members on there. Um, a good portion of those are, are, you know, very active in the forums. Um, so, so you know, we, we, we know that there's, you know, 200,000, you know, technically aligned Magento forum members. 
Um, and and so you know, eleven thousand of them are employed by SIs, but you know, a lot of them are employed by the merchants themselves, um, and a lot of them are um, you know self-employed contractors who uh, you, you know do 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 magento work. They they may not necessarily be full-time magento, but um, you yeah. know there are close to two hundred thousand people globally who make some form of livelihood uh, doing magento development work, which which again is staggering. Yeah, and I, I just thought on the in terms of the global markets, uh, where do you see some of the most opportunity? You know, I you know Middle East is an emerging market. I've heard from some people. You know, you've got Asia. Uh, yep. There's the, there's the the recent uh, investment um, by. Um, the, a Hill House. Yeah, yep. which which with a big piece of that being the Asian market. Um, I just met somebody the other day from Japan, somebody from Korea. Where do you see some of the most interesting markets as far as growth goes? Yeah, so so uh, I mean, obviously, you, you know, sort of Western Europe and North America are, I, I would say. For fairly mature markets, especially in B two C, you know, we think about retail, you know, fashion apparel, you know, mm-hmm. branded manufacturers, where there's definitely growth and you know, significant growth in both, you know, North America and and, and Western Europe is in B two B, you know, for the reasons we touched on earlier. But but you know, if we look at into emerging markets, I mean, certainly Latin America is very, you know, very hot. A lot of investment in Brazil, Argentina, Chile, uh, Mexico. Um, if we look into you know APAC, um, ton of opportunity in sort of you know Korea. Um, Singapore, Japan, mainland China is obviously fascinating, but, uh, you know, more challenges there. You have to have, you know, sort of joint venture relationships with, you know, in market, um, you know, you know, ma- you know, mainland Chinese firms. It's right. quite often, you know, difficult to sort of operate from sort of, you know, f- from Hong Kong. Um, you know, we see obviously, you know, great penetration in, in, in Australia and in New Zealand. But then, you know, the Middle East is, is, is fantastic. We've got, we've got, you know, really healthy um, opportunity pipeline for enterprise edition in the Middle East right now. Um, and we're seeing little pockets of, you know, areas like like Africa where, where you know, e-commerce is actually really starting to take off in, in South Africa and uh, even in, in other regions. So I think, you know, there's a lot of upside in growth. India, of course, another, another massive market for us where we have a huge, um, you know, number of Magento uh, developers based in India. But, um, uh, you know, we're really starting to see is sort of growing signs of actual, you know, um, deal opportunity inside of the Indian market. Right. Yeah. And I see Magento actually organizing a lot of community efforts um, and a lot of community investment in trying to scale up translations and uh, and and the, the that sort of have that same sort of really great uh, uh, platform experience, both on the front end and the back end of the platform that you get when you're an English speaking person from North America uh, to bring that same experience to those other markets. Um, it seems that that's a, a big focus for the community right now. It, it is. And it's, you know, and it's fantastic. I think if, if more than anything, that sort of, for me, embodies just the value of what the community brings to Magento is the ability for, for, for the community to get involved and create those language packs and, and do the translations. So, um, you know, but, you know, perhaps in the past, we've been almost sort of, you know, too dependent on the community there, but but I think you know working together, there's a lot that we can achieve, and and that you know to your point around the, the investment from Hill House, you know so some of that investment you know is certainly earmarked for um, expansion into APAC and other markets, and, and making sure yeah, that we sure. have you know people on the ground in those markets that we have you know localized you know collateral materials, and that we can you know effectively sell in those markets. Yeah. 
One, one thing I wonder about, you know, for, for the developers that are maybe doing a little side project, I know this is kind of way down in the trees, um, uh, is that uh, like for, for a developer that's maybe thinking of doing a side project, building an extension, um, what, what would you see as, a, you know, an opportunity for something they might want to build um, if they just have some time and, you know, maybe want to build an extension or something like that that might have some good demand behind it? It's the strategy guy. He's going to tell us the strategy. I'm ready. No, I think, uh, you know, first of all, we, we want to encourage that more than ever. Uh, you know, if we look at, you know, some of Magento's key differentiators in the marketplace versus our competitors, it is the the extension um, paradigm, the extension, you know, ecosystem. The fact that, you know, we can have an ecosystem of developers globally who build features for Magento that are exclusive to Magento that are built um, on the Magento stack, um, you know, that that's unique. No one else has that. You know, our competitors, Demandware and and and, and Hybris and, and, and Shopify and others, they don't really have that, you know, it's in, in the way of building something that's only built for their platforms. So that that is, you know, probably our number one key differentiator. And and, and more than ever, you know, we want to encourage, um, uh, you know, extension builders to build innovations. And I, and I think, you know, looking forward around you know, I think there's two areas that we would sort of love to encourage more, you know, ecosystem development. One is obviously filling in the gaps. You know, we we have to be really careful not to bloat Magento. You, you quoted Karen Baker earlier, you know, mm. they, you know, in 2008, we had more features than our competitors have today. Well, that, that's probably true, but you have to be careful not to have every feature under the sun because yeah, you, you you bloat the platform, you make it unusable from a UX perspective. The merchant, you know, now needs to go for, you know, a 10-week training course just to, to to learn all the, you know, where all the features are and how to use them. So, so this is where, you know, there's a lot of features that, especially if they're specific to a vertical or there's, you know, only a subset of the market really needs that feature, um, then we would encourage the ecosystem to, to build those features and, and we probably will never make them core to the platform. We'll say, hey, they're, they're in Marketplace, go go acquire them from Marketplace. And, and then I think there's innovations, you know, um, as it relates to sort of, you know, emerging trends, whether, you know, whether it be building sort of, you know, IoT capabilities, integrations into Amazon Echo, um, you know, sort of evolution and, and sort of, you know, mobile technologies, um, you know, integration with AR and VR headsets. You know, we, we'd love, I think, to see more of the, the ecosystem build sort of conceptual, um, uh, you know, innovations. And, and, you know, maybe that's a little harder because, you know, there may not be the monetization aspect, but I think in terms of the community, you know, um, you know, really pushing forward innovation, that that's, again, an area that we'd love to see, you know, more um, innovations inside of marketplace. Have you have you guys considered? Uh, I know we're over time. We're going to wrap up here in a bit. Have you guys yeah. considered like funding uh, people um, extension developer? I, I don't know if it's Shopify or some, some other platform I'm thinking of where they have a fund for developers, you know, that want to build something where they can get some, uh, you know, not a not a huge amount of money, but a little bit of money to to build something. Yeah, that, it, it, it's something we suddenly thought about and 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 sort of you know. Um, you know, bounce that idea around. I, I think it may be less about funding and more about having sort of a formal Magento Labs um, where we sort of, you know, create an, an incubator for innovation because, you know, we, we're we constrained like any software company is, you know, our, our, our dev teams are, you know, head down with, a, you know, a very aggressive, you know, roadmap plan and rollout. And so, you know, finding free resources inside of our R&D org to, you know, experiment with, you know, new emerging technologies is sometimes tough. And I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, if we can create a you know labs organization where we you know perhaps throw the ideas out there, throw down the gauntlet, and say, "Hey, community, what about building this? What about building that?" And we sort of um, perhaps 
provide a bit more guidance as to what it is we'd like to see built and, and you know, the architecture and technologies that we'd like to see sort of, you know, used. Um, so it may not always be about actually funding. Uh, I mean, that could be an aspect of it, but I think it's providing, you know, that sort of labs environment where the extension builders don't feel like they're out on an island and they've actually got a line of communication into Magento to sort of validate what it is that their ideas and what it is they're going to build. I think nice. people would, I, I think uh, as being out here in the community, and being close to the people that you're talking about, we're, we we would we we've seen that already, and we would appreciate to see it uh, a continued investment in that. That's that's awesome. Uh, all right, well, Peter Sheldon, you get the last word. I'm going to give you the last word today, and uh, I'll give you a couple ideas. Um, anything more about the IDC study that you want us to uh, to to take special note of when it when it lands? Uh, what date does it land? And yes, and, uh, more about so- that. So, so you'll see um, uh, a push from us as we sort of, uh, you know, on, on the road to imagine. You'll you'll see various sort of blog posts and, and sort of pushing out some of the the the, the facts. Uh, there's a number of infographics that will publish fire fire the Magento blog. So keep an eye out for that. It's it's all coming in the next month and, and a lot of kind of some interesting facts from the study. Uh, so um, yeah, I mean, I think you know, um, if any questions that come up um, from the study, you know, feel free to you know tweet myself and the others at Magento. You know, this is it's a fairly in depth study and so. So there's, there's a lot of interesting stats in there. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, thanks, uh, you know, Philip and Callan for, 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 for the time today. This has uh, been, been been a long time in, in, in the making. And, yeah. Um, yeah, we're very, very sort of excited to, you know, share some of these stats. And uh, I yeah. think if, if nothing else, it helps the Magento community um, have a little bit of sort of self-realization of just, you know, how big this 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 ecosystem is you know and take a step back and sort of just um, appreciate the scale of, 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 of what Magento is. Oh, thank Absolutely. you so much. Well, thank you so much. That's uh, Sheldo, a.k.a. Peter Sheldon from uh, VP of Strategy. I want to change my Twitter handle now. <laughs> Peter is never going to speak to us ever again. I know. Well, we make sure that we, we, we give everybody every reason not to in every episode. So that's, uh, that's important. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, Thanks so much, Peter. This is great. And, uh, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks. Great. It was a awesome. pleasure. Thanks for having Cheers. me. Cheers. Thank you.